Drive Time Radio with New York Vinny. Very good morning to you. It is Drive Time Radio here on 1150 KKNW. I am your host, New York Vinny. And for the next hour, we will spend some time talking. Now, usually I would just jump in and say we're going to spend some time talking about cars. And we are predominantly going to do that. But there's a few other things up on the agenda this morning that uh, we will be adding to the mix as well, as it has been a week of... uh, well, just kind of a strange week, to put it, uh, to put it mildly. Um, if you hear me huffing and puffing this morning, uh, I am in a little less than great shape this morning as I've been having have some kind of issue with my chest or something and um, have to uh, uh, get that looked at and taken care of. I've already spent two days in the emergency room and nobody can seem to figure out what this is, but I'm going to go back for a third try uh, this afternoon and try to at least see if we can get to some kind of reasoning or deduction as to what's going on with me. Uh, It's not fun. I don't like being sick. I don't do sick very well. So um, I'm just, I'm, I'm not a good patient. I'm not a good you know, I, I just don't do it well. So I will uh, try to do as best I can to uh, give you my complete and full undivided attention because I believe as the audience, I without a doubt owe you that. And if you take the time to listen to the show, uh, I like to provide you with about the best uh, show I can possibly put on. This morning, I uh, had two choices, not do the show or do the show and uh, try to do it as best I can. And I went with the second option, uh, do the show and see how it comes out. I thought that was better than to leave you with no show this morning because there are a lot of things going on in the automotive world and in the world in general. So I wanted to make sure that we had an opportunity to meet up and uh, spend some time together on this uh, Saturday morning. So we will, uh, we will do that and uh, get that thing rolling. We will also uh, pay tribute here in just a couple of minutes to uh, a good friend of mine who passed away earlier this week. His name is uh, John Clayton. And uh, John was uh, a friend extraordinaire. I don't know how else you could put it. He was certainly off. He was certainly eccentric. He was certainly had uh, his quirks and his uh, good bad times. But as far as uh, somebody who was respected, unanimously respected, unanimously uh, cared about on a, uh, on on a, a, a business basis, on a basis where if this guy says it, it's going to happen type of basis. John Clayton, the uh, famous uh, S- um, uh, football NFL reporter for the uh, first Tacoma News Tribune in, in later years, the, uh, uh, the NFL and uh, other, you know, various places that uh, he worked, uh, 
was uh, without peer. And uh, he seemed to be that one person that uh, gets you or could give you the inside scoop. If John Clayton said it, you could take it to the bank. That's how sure he was that if his stuff hadn't, uh, you know, if, if his stuff, his tips, his things that were coming along were not uh, there, you know, on the screen, then you could make bet that it wasn't going to happen. If Clayton, he knew everybody. And, you know, you know, a, good, a sign of a good reporter is, you know, you always see reporters gathered around the general manager. You always see reporters gathered around the quarterback. You always see reporters gathering around um, all these different people. But when you watch uh, at a pregame or at a ceremony or something like that, how many people are gathered around the ball boys? How many people are, regard, are, are gathered around the pay, people who may not seem to have the best job on the team? But those are where your stories come from. Your stories come from the people that you don't think you talk about, that you, that you don't. I don't know, you, you think of them sometimes as uh, um, loudmouths or something like that. Also, uh, you have an opportunity to uh, make someone's day better by not necessarily crediting them in a story, but certainly uh, giving them a tip, uh, giving them, uh, or them giving you a tip and you, you know, doing whatever you're doing. And Clayton had an incredible backup of people who uh, were not afraid to tell John Clayton what they were thinking or what they were seeing because uh, Clayton wasn't, um, he took care of his people, you know, and he respected people. And I know he wasn't everybody's cup of tea, but he took care of his people. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to, to be said about you in life. And if you can go and you can take care of the people who tell you things or the people who walk away from you saying, hey, I made this, I made that, I did this. He didn't talk about that. He just talked about life and he wanted to know how your kids were doing. He wanted to know how your, uh, you know, how your daughter was or your son or so many different people in your life that you may have talked to him about over that year. Sometimes uh, that's what you got left. And I remember going to a, going to a, um, I forget what game it was, but we were on the road somewhere. I think we were in New York, actually. Now that I think about it, I think we were in New York. And I went out with John and it was like going out with a rock star. And um, it was just a, a fantastic, fantastic time going out, eating a chopped liver and, uh, you know, all kinds of great food on the table, all kinds of football. It was one of those conversations where you sit there and you don't say a lot. You just listen to what everybody's saying. And you'll get more of a, 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 a lesson more of a, I don't know, more of an understanding of how great people do what they do by 
watching that uh, watching that seat that that uh, press conference call of that particular call. And uh, I was uh, honored to know John Clayton um, as as I said, both a friend and um, so to know him as as a, a friend, but also as uh, as a coworker, we worked together many years over uh, at KJR and in uh, ESPN radio. As a matter of fact, John, when I got laid off at KJR the first time I got fired uh, from a job at, K- at KJR, um, he said to me, uh, come on, my office. We went, we went in the office. This was the program director's office. And John and I went in and sat down. The PD was there. He says, okay, listen, don't worry about anything. We're not going to let you starve. You're going to be okay. And, you know, I was worried. I mean, I got a young kid down out here on the West Coast. And, you know, and John just looks at me and says, this is your first time, right? I said, yeah. It, uh, I don't, you know, it's just it's that sinking feeling. Because you don't think you always think that you wow I'm 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 lucky to have this job, and I'll never get one like it again. And um, and John, you know, made a few phone calls for me, and two days later I had a job at ESPN. Um, and I went back there and I worked for I don't know a little while until I got hired at Cairo. And got hired there. So it was, um, it uh, was a great pick for me to uh, form a friendship with him and to know him many, many, many years. We used to talk to each other, you know, we'd call each other up and talk to each other on the phone. And uh, the world will be a lesser place without him here. And I, I, wanted to spend time talking about that because, you know, the broadcast business is a business where you make friends true, but there's also a lot of backstabbing that goes around. There's a lot of people who doesn't treat it like it's, it owes the respect or should get the respect because a lot of times the guy who will fire you is the same guy who will, I don't know, pat you on the back with one hand and fire you with the other but John wasn't like that he was he was a real what you see is what you get kind of guy and I always I always appreciated that about him and as far as a guy that knows football um, you know I mean he he got me into places and, and showed me the air in some locker rooms and uh, places where, you know, you, you walked in and you just saw the respect from the players to John Clayton. And that always is what struck me about him as well. He was, you know, again, he wasn't your typical big football player. He wasn't around cracking a lot of jokes. He was trying to do his business and get out of there. He was uh, strangely unaffected by the uh the world that was around him and he got in there and got his quotes did what he needed to do got his quotes and 
got out, which is what you're supposed to do. It's not a place for you to hang out, take down messages and all this kind of stuff. It's a place to go and do an interview, talk to a player. What time does the game start on Sunday? All right, what do you need to know? Boom, 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 boom. And nobody these days does their business as good as that. Um, but John figured out a way to uh, get his business done, uh, put a little something extra on the ball so you heard it coming, and give you a chance to rest, to, to um, give you a chance to answer straight up questions. I never seen him put um, undue pressure on anybody to ask. He had an encyclopedia knowledge of the game and its rules and what was happening and what wasn't. And he knew how to, how to get the stories out of people. And uh, as I said, I immensely respected John. I, I, um, really, uh, I'm, I'm just so lucky that he was one of my, uh, good friends and it, uh, I was lucky enough that he decided to call me friend and, um, and maybe, uh, you know, if you, if you want to know more about him, go look him up on Google or go look him up on in the, uh, you know, in, the like the Duquesne University, uh, listen, read up about John and what he was able to do and how he was able to, to, uh, you know, work in, in, in a, uh, in a world that I don't know, you know, people in the, in the, in the media world, in the press world, sometimes they get jazzed by the environment they're in. And I don't ever think that John let it affect him that much. I mean, I think he thought it was cool. He was hanging out with uh, this guy or that guy or this woman or that woman. They thought it was uh, different. And so they would come back and look at these Look at these guys and see um, about, you know, see about, uh, I'm twisting my words here a little bit because I'm, I'm actually grieving right now uh, for this guy. He was, he was straight up and he gave everybody a chance to explain themselves. Um, and he was a guy that if you wanted to know something about the league, if somebody was bullying you or not bullying you, he was a guy you could go to to check the story out, see if it was right, see if this person was pulling your leg or just making you look like, uh, trying to make you look like an idiot. And believe you me, there are players out there, executives that will do that. And um, John was a good guy. And I know I'm painting this picture with some odd colors on each side of it, but I'm just kind of doing stream of consciousness here. I was proud enough to be able to uh, back in 2013 or something like that. Uh, his alma mater, Duquesne University, brought him back. And uh, they honored him back there. And he was, uh, I forget what he got to do. Um, anyway, he went back and he had a big celebratory weekend for him and everything. And, you know, and John showed up in his uh, double knit suit and everything. And I was like, come on, John, really? John, 
you know, uh, that is where I'm from. This is how I'll dress. So, uh, but again, a person who had phenomenal um, encyclopedic, uh, encyclopedic look at the game of baseball. Guy who knew it better than the people who played the game in many ways. Not everything. He wasn't, uh, you know, but he, he, he kept it. He had it up here for the game. And he had a love of the game that was uh, electric to watch. I thought, I thought that he had, had just this, this fantastic love for the game. And I'll tell you another thing about Sean. He had a, a beautiful love for his wife. His wife, Pat, uh, is, a, is a wonderful woman. And uh, she just really was able to, was, is able to, um, it was like the perfect match of two people. They really were. They were the perfect match of two people. Every year I would get a Christmas card from Pat and from John. And the letters that they put in a Christmas card was, you know, I would write this two page long letter. And I was like, my God, I could never write something that long at Christmas. Maybe they started writing it in January and just added one line to it as they were going down the page. But again, two people that were uh, truly made and, and, and meant for each other. And, um, Oh, I'll, um, I'll miss you, buddy. I'll miss you. I'll miss our talks that we used to have when you used to come on a show, uh, both here and in Pittsburgh. And I'll miss, um, just miss, uh, you know, I'm, I'll miss talking to you sometimes in the press room. I remember, <laughs> I, I don't know if this is the funniest, um, story I have about John Clayton, but Al Davis, the former owner of the Raiders, the late owner of the Raiders, um, was in the kingdom. And this was one of the first reasons that I've got, that I'd gotten there. And, you know, it was, uh, it was just a few minutes before game time and they pulled all the cards out to the field and everything and asked everybody to stand up for the national anthem. And uh, so this was in the days before uh, protests and this and that. There was, you know, there wasn't uh, anything like that going on. He stood up, except that the people in the press box would always stand up for the national anthem as many would sing it. So they stand, everybody stands up except Clayton, whoever was standing next to Clayton. And he says, uh, and Al Davis looks at him and he says, stand at attention. And he looks at me and he goes, stand at attention. Well, this is Al Davis, man. He's the most powerful guy in football. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> and I put my hand up and saluted. And, and as, uh, as if we were in popular, you know, as, as if we were in the military. Al with those, uh, you know, those, those silver uh, shark skin like pants that he had and the whole thing. And he was standing at attention 
singing and saluting the flag. He was a guy who grew up in a place that, you know, that uh, you, didn't, you didn't know about. And everybody stood up. Everybody wasn't there. You know, Al grew up in Brooklyn where you did yourself uh, and you, you, um, you stood up. And so there's Clayton and I and Al Davis standing in full attention with our hands saluting the flag as they're singing and Al is singing the national anthem at full speed, full buzz. And I just looked at Clayton and he looked at me and he just went, don't say anything, just humor him, humor him. And that'll keep you, you know, that'll keep you, uh, that'll keep you entertained. So I'm one of the rare people who got to say, I stood there and sung the national anthem with Al Davis and John Clayton. And I'm sure that uh, Al will now have some interesting con, uh, conversations with Al. And uh, hopefully they'll both be up there together and uh, doing what they do, what they have to do to uh, keep their friends and everybody else calling and uh, <laughs> to keep their, uh, I don't know, the, the old style of person together. It's a different style of person. It's not like today's own. It's just a different, a different thing. So that is uh, my remembrance of John Clayton. And again, our condolences out to his wife and, uh, and uh, I hope that uh, over at Seahawks Stadium, they do at some point put some kind of uh, something up there uh, for, uh, for John. Uh, because I think that he deserves, he deserves something. I don't know. I don't know what it would be. I, I certainly think a moment of silence when it's, when the season opens up this year. Um, and, uh, we'll see what happens. So rest in peace, John. And, uh, thank you so much for all of the great time that uh, I had and all of the lessons that you taught me when I first got up here about this place um, and how, uh, how you, you took some annoying guy from New York under your wing and you, you kind of bumped him along uh, at a time when maybe he didn't want to get bumped. All right. Uh, that's, that's our, that's our John Clayton stuff this morning. I just, uh, I, I appreciate good journalists, no matter what they're covering in John was the best at what he did. And um, it'll take a long time for, um, for them to replace him. No matter what they, uh, no matter what they do or how they do it, there'll just never be another John Clayton. All right, let's, uh, right, we got a, a few things going for you here this morning. We will take a look at the, uh, car i'm driving this week uh in just a little bit we got a cartoon coming up for you we'll talk a little bit about the price of gas and uh ask our magical musical question are you still driving that uh, old car or are you now starting to uh get to where everybody was uh where they say um, 
that are going to trade my car. The gas prices will adjust here in a little while. We'll talk about that some more when we get back. It's Drive Time Radio. It's a Saturday morning. Uh, I'm New York Vinny. This is 1150 KKNW. This overheated radiator shouldn't have happened. Or this street windshield in the rain. Or this dead battery here. Shouldn't somebody check those things for you every time? Your Texaco dealer does. That's his promise. Your Texaco dealer not only promises to check the things everyone ought to, he'll double-check, too. He'll check your battery. Double-check the battery cables. Check your oil. Double-check the fan belt. Check your radiator. Double-check the radiator cap. Clean your windshield. And double-check the wiper blades. What's more, your Texaco dealer's service and courtesy includes a smile and a thank you. That's his promise. You can trust your car to the man who wears the star. The big, bright Texaco star. Find out the latest about your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. Check out 1150kknw.com. Right back with you here on Drive Time Radio on a Saturday morning. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Maybe I spent a couple of more minutes on John Clayton and I should have, but you know what? Clayton was a good guy. And um, I just, uh, he just treated me so well when I got here and he and his wife and um, other people uh, that knew him knew what a a loyal friend he was. What a really nice, uh, I don't know, just, just good, loyal, solid person that John Clayton was. And you'll hear a lot of accolades and a lot of people uh, talking about John in, uh, you know, the days to come. I'm sure that uh, both KJR and um, Cairo will do tributes to John because he spent considerable time at both stations. Uh, But I also... Uh, I'm sure that uh, you'll learn a little bit more about about John, a fascinating guy and um, a really good, really good soul. All right, um, boy, what do we got this morning? Well, let's let's start out with the uh, car. Excuse me one second. I just have a little case of the hiccups here all of a sudden. Okay, I think that got it. I learned that on the Three Stooges many years ago, how to uh, stop hiccups. Sometimes it works, sometimes it it doesn't. But I've often found grand medical advice from the Three Stooges. So they seem to be able to, uh, at several different junctions in my life, been able to help me uh, sign or uh, learn how to stop hiccups and all different stuff, Uh, the lessons, uh, from Doctors Howard, Doctor Fine, and Doctor Howard, are uh, incredible, incredible um, lessons to learn, and uh, you know something that always sticks in my mind. So, uh, thank you to the Three Stooges for teaching me that stuff about holding your breath, and uh, you know while you're you're holding your breath while you're trying to swallow water. I know it's a, it's a crazy thing, but it seems to work, or at least for a, a little while. And that's all you need to stop for is just a little while. Um, 
So you do need to uh, need to remember that. Need to remember that stuff. All right, what are we doing with gas this morning? Oh man, uh, we are still shocked at how much gas is when you uh, pull up to a a pump. It's, um, I mean, it's really crazy. I mean, I've seen it for over $7 a gallon in some places. Uh, That's, I mean, it's it's hard to wrap my head around that. Uh, As I asked last week, and I got a number of emails from people um, asking how much this is going to change the way you drive or how you drive. This is a very, uh, you know, very important uh, story. And I, I, uh, (laughs) uh, I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's scared me off for driving. Has it made you change any of your plans yet? I mean, I was going to go down to watch the uh, first round of the NCAAs down in Portland. Uh, I, did not go down because I was sick. I didn't go down. Uh, go down. Uh, no, I didn't go down because I mean I didn't not go down because of the price of gas. I went did not go down because I was sick, but I was certainly looking at the prices on my way back and forth, and um, it's it's mighty expensive. It is a lot of money, and. Again, you're talking, you know, the minimums five uh, fifty five sixty uh, a gallon in most places. Some places I saw, if you get off and you drive through the state of, you know, through um, one of the roads instead of just getting off right by the freeway there, you know, maybe you, you can hold it to around $4, uh, $4.10, a gasoline, uh, you know, uh, at a station in town as opposed to like the first one you see. But even there, so the, the price is a shocker. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the breaking point is for many people. Uh, I suspect that many people's plans for Christmas and, and New Year's is, is uh, already they're starting to say, well, you know, I think this year that driving vacation we thought we were going to take, it's not going to happen. We can't have the pictures. Uh, I mean, the uh, uh, the driving and uh, the toys and everything else that's random that goes around. We don't really plan it out. And also the trips that uh, will drop uh, Betty and uh, Barney Rubble a little bit down the road. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I've already seen some people, uh, some studies saying that people are definitely not going to be taking the kinds of trips this summer that they were going to take. It's also putting a big hole in the uh, auto um, camping business. Uh, you know, a lot of those trips were seen, uh, you know, are taking an RVs, big RVs, and all of a sudden, boom, people aren't taking those trips anymore in those big RVs. They're saying, wait a second, uh, Maybe I don't want to take those pictures uh, or, or, you know, go to that extra attraction that I wanted to go to. Maybe I don't want to deplete my uh, 
bank account so I can drive, you know, up around the north rim of the Grand Canyon back down again. Maybe I'm just going to stick with a shorter trip so I can say I've been there. Uh, we'll wait till gas prices go back down because the prices are, are whacked out. Uh, let's see. The, um, that, uh, Jack Lewis button. All right, check each gas, uh, cheapest gas by state. Let's look at Washington first. And Seattle comes up at, 409 in Tacoma, 411 uh, station in Tahoma, 76 uh, on 54th Avenue East, and Fife is 411. And the uh, North Point Way is uh, 6006 Pacific Highway East is 411 as well. Matter of fact, it looks like 411. Uh, is about your average price, 415 if you go to Love's in Fife. But around Fife, uh, that's you're in for four and a quarter in that uh in that particular spot down there. Um okay, where else we uh we go here? Everett, Everett, baby, 439 at Costco on 19th Avenue. And Everett. Uh, Arco and AM PM on 19th Avenue is 455. And uh, Safeway 459, 459.76. Fred Meyer, 459. Uh, let's see. Um, and let's just quickly look here at one more if we go to the uh, eastern side of the state where you're generally not allowed to go, but yeah, <laughs> we let you go. Uh, Washington right there. So uh, if you go down to uh, Aberdeen, usually uh, 449 is Safeway, Queets. Have you been out to Queets lately? Sets up Malone. Yeah, sets up. We have the big nuclear reactor uh, hanging out there. Oh, it's one of my favorite. Has anybody gotten a gas buddy uh, discount card? Does it uh, does it help you with anything? Benny, while you're mentioning that, I do have gas buddy open up on my phone. I don't know much yes. about the discount, but. I'm seeing that in Yakima is probably where the cheapest gas is in Washington State. Uh, right now, I right see uh, Union Seventy Six has just below four dollars at three ninety seven. Wow! And then west of the mountains, uh, cheapest price is in Costco in Tacoma. That's sitting at around four oh nine. Yeah, that's uh, four oh nine is a bargain. It is, especially when the yeah. gas station I go to is about four fifty, and that's the cheapest in my area. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I went to Costco off of Mount Lake Terrace, right off of Aurora there, and I think they were four seventy nine. I mean, mm. usually Costco is about the cheapest you'll find anywhere, but uh, they were they were down. Uh, you know, you got to pay it. 
I mean, there's no way around it, but uh, it's uh, it's sad that you have to pay that uh, that kind of money for it. And um, I mean, I remember looking at it yesterday, and it was like going up as the the minute you put the the stops, uh, the minute you put the uh, the nozzle, and it seems like it clicks up from the time you hit the button to the time uh, the nozzle went in. It's it's crazy, and the price of crude definitely went down this week. So you know, it makes it makes you wonder a little bit. Uh, I would say, as you know, when the price goes down, they don't seem to roll it back at all. They just seem to leave it where it is um, on that and. But, you know, a little, listen, a little ride out to the Palm Springs of uh, Washington might not be a bad idea on a day like today, right? I was going to mention to you that, you know, you're not talking about how people are avoiding taking road trips due to the cost of gas. But, you know, for a little short trip, if you uh, run your tank down to empty, uh, travel, you know, about 20 miles to get to Tacoma and fill it up where it's 50 cents cheaper, you might be saving on gas in the long run because you save more than you actually spent taking the trip over there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know what? It's a nice country this time of the year. The wildflowers are coming out and, uh, uh, you know, you can stop in, uh, Ellens, Ellensville, Ellensburg, I should say, and, and, uh, get a chance to take a look at the, the, the desert flowers that are, uh, that are chiming up. I think it's a perfect idea, a perfect time to, uh, Get out there and uh, and take out, you know, take a little time out and go put some, uh, put some, you know, put some uh, mileage on your car and what the heck, get to know your neighbors on it. See, that's the that's the thing we need to do, is we need to make friends with people on the other side of the state, and then we won't have so many problems uh, with uh, what we're going through on the other side of the state. <laughs> I don't know, it's crazy when I look at it though, you know. It uh, it does get you kind of uh, kind of dragged down, but that's uh, some of the prices. Let me just check the highest. Usually, the highest place I always see is uh, probably San out of shell. Uh, what? Probably out of shell somewhere. I'm guessing. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What are we gonna? Okay, we're gonna do round trip ticket. I don't see anything above five dollars yet. So that's one thing about this gas price surge is it's kind of narrowed the gap a little bit between high and low prices. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, it's kind of put us all in that uh, four, you know, that 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 four fifty to five area right there. Oh, I do see one above five dollars. That's on Shell at Mercer Island. Is five fifteen. Oh yeah, but you know that one where you pull off right there. Uh, Right off the highway? Yeah, yeah, you get off at, uh, what is it, Mer- uh, Mercer Way or something like that, and kind of crazy. Um, well, at least it's not six. I wanted to look at... Uh, Ooh, 523 Chevron in Bellevue. Uh, see, now they're getting up there. Now they're starting to get up there. And let me quickly go to uh, uh, to look at your... Come on, man, where is it? Where is it? I was looking for it. I had it, and I hit it, as is the story of my life. But you get the, you, I mean, you get the idea uh, of what it's, uh, what it's going. What do you get your car? Where do I go for gas? 
No, what, what, what kind of mileage do you get in your car? Oh, I get about uh, 33 average. Yeah, so that's not bad. That's not bad. Not as good as an electric, but. <laughs> oh, no. And <laughs> I wish. Yeah, but uh, I think now you're not going to be able to get an electric for a while. But it's, uh, let me just look at this one. I'm going to stay at the. Uh, well, if anything's going to support the push to go to electric vehicles, this is probably it. Yeah. I mean, they offered would, all those incentives, like, you know, $8,000 off or a tax credit in your electric vehicle. But now gas prices go up, you know, $2 and everybody wants an electric vehicle. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, you know, and it's, oh, well, you know what? If that's what it takes to get people into electrics, I think they're going to see a lot more. Let's see. Pennsylvania just wanted to take a look here. Uh, Pittsburgh, let's see if they got the. Wow. So I'm looking at my old station in um, Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, which is just outside of Pittsburgh, a station I used to stop at a number of times, and that is $3.99 a station, mm. uh, a gallon, I should say. Wow. So I think it was, uh, two, you know, it was, uh, I, I think when I left two years ago, it was like two... Uh, I want, you know, 278 or something like that. So they're almost double in price. Just a couple of weeks ago when I was in Kentucky, I was going by a Costco. Their gas price was like $3.30 a gallon. And then I was going to Culver's to have lunch and ice cream. And if you've never been to Culver's, it's basically the better Dairy Queen, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so I went in there 30 minutes later. I'm going by Costco. The gas price is now $3.70. So it went up like 40 cents within 30 minutes. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing how quickly. And again, you know, the prices of crude has gone down, but yet we have not seen decreases in uh, the price of gasoline. And I don't know what, if anything, you can uh, do about that, but probably not much. You know, I mean, they got you over a barrel and they're going to they're going to put it to you while they can and you'll have to put up with it for a while. And unfortunately, that's, uh, you know, there's not many, many companies that, uh, you know, just come out and slap it on, on slap the price up on the pump. And of course, it's a lot easier to raise the price than to drop it. Yeah. Even yeah. As competitive I mean, as gas stations want to be, they all like to keep those prices high. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, if you got a chance to make money now, I, I mean, I think it's uh, it's something that, that you know we're going to see for the foreseeable future is people not just dropping the prices uh, back down. You know, if a guy has uh, if he's if if a uh, gas station operator, it has a chance to make some money uh, as long as it's not litigious or or illegal they're gonna you know like the gas price the gas up as much as they can and that's you know listen it's uh that's what you get with a free uh market democratic society right uh and i don't think any politician has stomach today to uh freeze the prices on gas to be honest with you so you know that's what you, that's the situation that you will uh 
live under right now. All right, let's take another quick break here. We'll come back. We'll do our uh, cartoon. Want to just and, go ahead and do that now since we're approaching the end of the show? The cartoon? Uh, yeah. All right, yeah, let's do that. I didn't realize it was 8.50 already. All right, yeah, let's do uh, just a little song that uh, reminds me of honoring people, and I want to play this by the Beach Boys this morning to honor uh, my late great friend John Clayton. There you go, uh, the Beach Boys, and uh, one that uh, a song has put many people uh, in their final resting place over the years uh, since it was written by Brian Wilson back in 1962, I believe it is. Rebel Without a, uh, a Young Man Is Gone is uh, the name of the song, and not that it applies to John directly but it's a pretty tune and it uh is solemn and it uh kind of says uh, says it all the most unlikely of guys likeliest of guys that you would think would be uh in the football hall of fame is uh right there in the football hall of fame all right let's uh let's quickly do yo Vinny before we do the uh before we do the um uh the road test Yo, Vinny, what are you driving this week? Well, you asked, Nathan, because I'm driving a very, very, very nice SUV this week. I'm driving the Kia Telluride. And uh, it, it, it should be very proud that this vehicle is named after a uh, skiing town in Colorado because it is a sharp, well-built, uh, well-appointed, uh, four-wheel drive, three-row three SUV that uh, it takes, it touches all the boxes that you want in um, a Chevy or a, you know, a, a Chevy Yukon, GM Yukon, a Chevy Tahoe, you know, that big class of SUV does it maybe a little more luxurious than the uh, aforementioned vehicles. And also it's big, spacious, roomy and, um, does a does a, a really good job at giving people space, taking the uh, the uh, a boringness out of a vehicle, and uh, giving you uh, and your uh, passengers uh, enough room to not feel your head cramped down even with a sunroof, or uh, to soak up the bumps and uh, booms and everything that you have in this car. Seems like it's engineered uh, for a good run for the passengers on a long trip or a short trip. V6 power, very well, uh, you know, turbo uh, key engine in there. And it really uh, allows you, I think it's a eight-speed automatic. I'll have to check for the full review. Uh, but as far as it's, uh, you know, just, just the everyday things that you want when you're putting down 50,000 bucks for an SUV, uh, this Telluride delivers it and delivers it all and on a budget. And that's, uh, I think, a very, very uh, well-rounded, good package. So we'll have a full review uh, on that uh, coming up um, next week. Now, while we're in Kias, we may as well stick around with the Kias because we drove a Kia two weeks ago, and I thought it was a great car as well. This is the next down smaller in the Kia uh, lineup. It's the uh, the uh, road test with the Kia Sorento. 
The Drive Time Radio Road Test. Every week, Vinny puts another car through its paces and lets you know the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, one thing about Kia is they're really uh, banging up this segment, this SUV segment, uh, full-size, mid-size, any way you want to go. They're really doing a great job of, um, of finding something for everybody. The Kia Sorento really fits the bill uh, for this type of car uh, more than than most out there. This is uh, the Sorento. It's a 2022. Uh, it's uh, the hybrid, and it, it checks all the boxes in a vehicle that would give you like 40 miles of uh, electric power and then let you go on your way the rest of the way uh, for uh, on gasoline. So you don't have to worry about running out of gas. It is again, as I said about the other car, uh, the, uh, it gives you plenty of space, nicely done interior materials, big video screens, things like uh, uh, quality materials that the shoes, uh, uh, not the shoes, what am I saying, shoes, that the, uh, that the tire from the tires to the interior materials to the headliner to the sunroof, all quality stuff. You don't see cheap stuff in this car. And even though it, it retails, and as I said, you know, uh, just over 50 grand, it uh, it doesn't feel like it rides and feels like it's got another 10K on the uh, on the sticker price. Um, again, when you sit in this thing and you feel the space, you feel the room, you feel the unconventional shifter in this thing, you don't feel like you bought below what you wanted to buy. And that is uh, a very, very good sign uh, for Kia and for people who might be looking uh, for this type of vehicle. Uh, it, it clicks all the boxes as well in the safety uh, thing as well. You know, where you got the, all the safety equipment on it. Really, it's a spectacular vehicle. I loved it. 2022 Kia Sorento. Um, if you're out in the market for that midsize uh, SUV, this is one you ought to be looking at. That's drive time for this week. I appreciate you spending some time with me, and we will catch up with you next Saturday morning at 8 if the Lord's will and the creek don't rise.